Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a lot going on. Lots to get to. Alana Nash at the bottom of the hour. She's an author. Wrote the book about Colonel Parker and Elvis. We talk about the movie, what the movie got right, what the movie got wrong. We talk about that very complicated relationship. And uh, we talk about Tom Hanks with that weird accent. I'm, not, I'm still not sure why he used that weird accent in the movie. We talk about all that and then some. We've got a lot going on. We've got a lot that we want to get to, including um, a police department in North Carolina that I guess did what I've been suggesting for a while. Because if you do this, it's going to it's going to force some change in society. We're going to not being very specific and being very general because I want you to stick around. It's sort of a big time broadcast tease, Carrie, isn't it? I would say so. Yes. They did something that I've been advocating for like the swimmers Mm -hmm. at UPenn to do and for others that are not being treated the right way to do. Um, And maybe just maybe this will affect change. I mean, do I think it will? Probably not, but I hope it will on a Friday. Strings. That is Chocolate Voice. How you doing, Carrie? Okay. Polo making it happen. Sam, what was that? Carrie. Ladies, light it up today. Appreciate that. What day is it anyway? Where is that golden voice? Let's go. Friday. Thank you, Bob. Thank God it's... Thank God it is Friday. Uh Uh-huh. Friday. Thank God it's... Thank God it is Friday. Let's make it a free speech Friday, shall we? Free speech Friday. Ah, freedom. Uh huh. Say what? Bring it down. Ba da ba ba da ba do da ba da ba ba da ba do da ba ba da ba do. Take it a notch. Monday through Thursday, I decide what we talk about. I'm deciding today as well, but if you've got some ideas and some thoughts about something that you've heard, something you want to get to, you can bring it up. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. If I know something about it, we'll talk about it. If not, we'll move on. So I want to make a suggestion that people watch a piece of video, and she hasn't asked me to say this, and I don't generally support and push other hosts, although I've got friends that are hosts, I just don't watch or listen to their shows much, so I can't really promote it. But have you seen any of the back and forth on Twitter, Carrie, between Air France and Megyn Kelly? Mm, I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. You got to go on the YouTubes and look up Me- Megyn Kelly's show. I think it's Megyn Kelly's show. It might just be Megyn Kelly. Uh, and Megyn's with a Y. Um, go there and just watch her like 18-minute rant about what happened with their lost luggage and the back and forth and automated help. And it's actually kind of hilarious. I urge anybody to go and check it out. And one thing startled me. She drops an F-bomb in the middle. I'm like, what? Really? The, yeah. the heck was that? Okay. Megan Kelly, what you doing? You know what I mean? So um, it's it's uh, so well well told. And I don't think that we have great storytellers uh, in our midst anymore. Like, if I had to ask you through your time in the radio, and I think if you really think, you'll know who I'm, who I'm leaning at here or who I'm who I'm pointing to here. Who was a great storyteller? No longer on the radio, oh, but was a great storyteller. Paul Harvey. Oh, my God. He was so good. Wasn't he yeah, good? Yeah, he was. Absolutely. You and I are so in lockstep on this because yes. the guy would come on noon every day. I guess he would do something earlier than noon. Then something, I think, in the noon news or 1230, something like that. Then he'd do like another little short snippet later on. But he would do the rest of the story. He would tell a story. And I can't deliver the 
the cadence that he did. I don't think anybody can. He had this very specific way that he spoke. But he told the story as if he lived through the story. That was what was special. So Megan, as good as she is on television, on radio, as good as she is in breaking stuff down, and I've been on her show, she's been on my show, I like her a lot. This was a story she was telling that her family faced, and I just felt like it was a different thing. And I hope that people will go and check it out. And again, I don't have her YouTube link in front of me. Go to YouTube, look her up on there, and uh, and go watch the Air France thing. It's from like a week ago, something like that. But she did go back and forth on public Twitter trying to embarrass them into getting her bags. They, they lost five bags that they that they were flying back from France with. That would suck. Carrie, would that not that suck? That would suck, yeah, majorly. Yeah, they bought That's all their stuff. <laughs> they, they had all their, their, their souvenirs. They have their freaking clothes i mean everything's just gone and uh eventually they start to resolve it i don't think it was completely resolved in fact she's still missing at least one bag i think but the way she tells the story is pretty great mm-hmm. sam let's get megan back on the show to tell that story okay but tell her no f-bomb i mean seriously megan we want you back on you can't drop the f-bomb it was like out of the blows like whoa yeah, she's not happy about what was going on so go and not. check that out All right, I want to get into this North Carolina story because for ages now I've been saying, hey, you pan female swimmers, don't anonymously complain about Leah Thomas. Just don't jump in the pool. Everybody go home or everybody sit in the stands. We're not swimming until this XY is out of the pool. Uh, I've been saying this with the defund the police movement. Oh, you don't want the police in your neighborhood? We won't come. Oh, you, you want to take money away from the police? Cool. I'll go get a job doing something else. You'll have no police in the city. Let's see how that goes for you. And they, they, not, they don't know who I am probably, but they literally took my advice in North Carolina. Fill me in. From Fox News, an entire police department in North Carolina resigned Friday after the hiring of a new town manager. Police officers and other officials in the small town of Kinley have submitted mass resignation letters citing stress, a hostile work environment, and an inability to continue the department's long-term betterment projects. In a letter to town manager Justine Jones, police chief Josh Gibson expressed regret toward the negative changes he felt were occurring in the department. In my 21 years at the Kenley Police Department, we have seen ups and downs, but especially in the last three years, we've made substantial progress that we had hoped to continue. However, due to the hostile work environment now present in the town of Kinley, I do not believe progress is possible, Gibson wrote. And neither the police department nor Jones has been willing to speak to the media on the nature of these complaints, local outlets report. Gibson's letter was only one of several resignations that were made publicly available after the mass exit. It is with a heavy heart I take this action. I have been with the town since 2004 and fully expect to finish my law enforcement career with the town of Kinley. Unfortunately, there are decisions being made that jeopardize my safety and make me question what the future will hold for a Kinley police officer, wrote Officer G.W. Strong. While others addressed their resignations to Gibson, the police chief himself submitted his to Jones. Jones was just hired as town manager last month after serving in various local government positions in other states. Her new position was celebrated by the town of Kinley in a June press release. How many officers? Um, let me see. I don't I don't know. It says the entire police department. Um, I wonder if they said a number. I don't know if it gives me a number or not. And the, so the chief, everybody on down, they're all just, they all quit. Yep. So here's the thing. Yeah, and and let me, let me make this as clear as I can. These mayors, these city council members, these idiot county executives, they think that these police officers or sheriff's deputies or fill in the blank have to work there. Uh-uh. It's free country. You don't have to work there. 
they really thought they could attack and defund the police and and uh, no bail warrants and, and arresting people, letting them out in their own recognizance no matter what they do. This is all fine. Complain about the police, support BLM, that scam that scammed this country for millions and continues to do so. Well, we'll just do that and the police keep on coming to work. Keep on putting on the uniform, keep on having people at city council light them up, having people in the neighborhood light them up, having people they pull over light them up, treat them like crap, and they just keep on coming to work. They don't have to work there. They don't have to live there. They do anything they want. They're free, liberated Americans. I can't tell you how much I appreciate this police department doing this. And what has to happen is the citizenry, now scared for their lives, will go and arm themselves and try to defend themselves from crime. They need to make City Hall know that we're not okay with the city manager. We're not okay with the rhetoric. We're not okay with attacking police and treating them like second-class citizens. We're not okay with you not having a police department to support us. Is there anything further in the story, Carrie, that says, well, in the meantime, in the interim, they're going to bring in cops from the state police? I mean, anything? No. Mm-mm. I don't see anything. I mean, you're talking about no police, no law and order, no, no serve and protect. And they have every right to do it. You know, take this job and shove it. We are out. And if that doesn't make for a sea change in electing city managers or mayors or council members or school board members or or fill in the blank, if this does a DAs that are backed by Soros, this is the kind of move that is ultimately American. This is Americana at its best. Oh, you want to tax the T with no representation? Screw you, it's going in the harbor. That's what kind of move this is. And that makes a difference. That makes those who think they're in power understand they're not. The people are the ones that are in power. Your thoughts about this? Because I, I think I might get some people disagree with me on this. That the police should never just get up and quit. I want the police to do the job. I want them to protect and serve. I want them to go in when somebody's being killed. I want them to, to do what we expect of them. But I also want them to be respected. I want them to be paid appropriately. I want them to be supported by the city council, the mayor, and the city manager. I want their backs to be covered by those we're electing or placing in authority. And if they're not, I am for them quitting. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Your thoughts when we come back. This is the Joe Pags Show. Right, glad to have you. Thanks. Appreciate you stopping by the Joe Pags Show. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247. Remember, we've got updated news stories. We've got links to all of my interviews and my parodies and everything else over at JoePags.com, J-O-E-P-A-G-S dot C-O-M. If you haven't done so yet, you keep on putting it off. I'm going to go follow him on Instagram later on tonight. Uh, a lot of you haven't. It's at Joe Talk Show, J-O-E-T-A-L-K-S-H-O-W on Instagram. I did two of those come on videos today. We'll continue doing those. One of them. I almost dropped an F-bomb in one of them, Carrie, because I was talking about Klaus Schwab. I feel like mm. saying the F-word with him. Yeah, really? Mm. Yeah, I'd like to have somebody yeah. on to explain who the hell this guy thinks he is, because I've got a piece of video I'll play later, that um, an audio, that I, I don't understand. He thinks he's the ruler of the world. He's not. He's, he's some doofus. And, um, and yeah, very close to saying the F-word. 
You think people would be stunned if I dropped an F-bomb? I don't know if they would be stunned. A lot of people wouldn't like it, I'm sure. You think I'd get a lot of of people, how dare you? My children listen to you. Watch your stupid videos. Yeah. Thank you, Wade. Because I wouldn't drop it on the radio. Obviously, this is, it's against the FCC regulations, but I could do it on Instagram. You could, but you won't. You think I've been back on the talk yet? I'm going to say no. Nope. Deleted Good. that app. It's off my phone. Yeah. No, no more talk. And again, I missed the virality. I get a couple hundred thousand views on stuff, and now I'm getting like 8,000, but whatever. Um, I don't want to be squelched. I don't want to have them ban me whenever they feel like it. And I don't need the CCP to see what's on my phone. Let me tell you about uh, Super Beats, awesome product. Super Beats, something you can wake up to every morning. Super Beats is going to give you that uh, energy that's going to extend throughout the day. So you're not going to have to take a bunch of cups of coffee in the afternoon, maybe an energy drink, a sugary soda, a piece of candy. No, you, you do Super Beats heart chews in the morning. Add this to your morning routine, and you're going to see a, a nice boost. Your, your energy level is going to be where you want it to be. You're not going to be fatigued halfway through the day. Talking about better blood flow, better circulation, supports a healthy blood pressure. And you get it done by just having two delicious Superbeet soft chews, non-GMO beets combined with grapeseed extract in the morning. They're, they're, they're easy to take with you. Put them in your pocket, in your console, the car, maybe in your purse, could be in your gym bag, whatever. And right now, they've got an incredible deal to get you up and running. Got you up to 45% off, plus free shipping at JoeLovesBeats.com. Hurry up, it's their best offer available anywhere. It's JoeLovesBeats.com for up to 45% off. J-O-E-L-O-V-E-S-B-E-E-T-S dot com. Go to JoeLovesBeats.com and go there right now. Your thoughts about the entire police department saying, I'm up, I'm out of here, have a nice day. Let's go to Dina in Wichita. Dina, talk to me. Hey, I just wanted to call and say I totally agree with this police department. Definitely let your feet do the talking. Right, I mean, you get up and go. Dina, thank you. Short and sweet, right to the point. Get up and go. If you're not going to get support from City Hall, you know what I mean? Uh, a few years back when de Blasio was the mayor of New York City, the NYPD, when he showed up at, at a funeral for a cop that was like ambushed in a car or something, they turned their back on him. Well, that wasn't effective. He didn't care. That actually probably gave him some some brownie points for the voters who hate the police. No, you need to be afraid the police will not stay and will not work if you don't have their back. Like, I don't know why we haven't seen a flood of Border Patrol agents leave the Border Patrol. They probably aren't leaving because they know if they leave, then forget it, man. You're going to have a flood of illegal aliens coming in that's unstoppable. But in a smallish town in North Carolina, you can take that step. And, you know, it'd be very simple for them to bring these police officers back, including the chief, who just quit. We do have your back. We're not going to defund the police. We do want to work hand in hand to make things better between the community and police. We're going to prosecute people who do bad things. It's very simple. This is not very complicated. They can bring them back probably in a day if they just said and did the right thing. Problem is, you're not saying and doing the right things. Going to be Brian, Virginia. What's up, Brian? Yeah, this is Brian Yellow Eyes. And, you know, the, these folks have finally got the gumption, these officers, to stand up. And that's a blessing, I believe. Each, and maybe that will give some other officers the gumption to do the same thing. But, you know, you have to know, we all have to know that these people are agonizing over this decision yeah. that they've made. They've got neighbors, they've got friends, they've got a, a, a whole town full of law-abiding citizens that they protected and served with pride. It's got to agonize them. So uh, I'm sure it does. Do this 
No, Brian, I'm with you. I, th- I think that they probably hated doing this. And the police chief said, I wanted to retire here, but I just can't in this sort of, uh, this sort of climate. Uh, Brian, I appreciate that. He said, uh, he said yellow eyes because in my chat room, that's his tag. That's his handle. So if you go to uh, JoePags.com, click on Watch Now, you can watch the, the actual show as if it's a TV show. We switch cameras, we have different videos that come in, we talk about different stuff, and then we bring people in on the phone as well. Uh, so you can watch it. That's, that's who Yellow Eyes is. Pretty cool. Let me go to uh, Jim, who's in Texas. Jim, talk to me. What's going on? Hey, Mr. Pags. Thank you very much for what you do every day. Appreciate that. Um, I have a theory, and it's been going on for probably four or five years now. Um, with the defund the police in combination with the vaccine stuff for the last two and a half years, I just think this is a big purge. Um, do you remember when Obama was talking about his Strong Cities Network? I don't remember the specifically Strong the- Cities Network. No, fill me in. Yeah, it's it's uh, bypassing all of police departments, getting rid of them, and having his own force. Oh, no, I, I, I know that he wide. called it that, but I remember him in the campaign trail saying that you needed a civilian force that was as big as the military, and all of us went, what is he talking about? I remember that, yes. Yeah, but my question to you is, and I want you to, I want you to uh, answer on this if you can, um, I, all this, the military, the doctors, nurses, who will not accept the vaccine? I think this is all a purge. I don't think I don't think they care a twit if they take the vaccine. I think it is to psychologically get these people to quit that may have qualms about going door to door and grabbing arms in the near future. I think they want these police departments to be a bunch of mushy headed robots that will do whatever they command. Well, Jim, I disagree with you. I will comment on that. Um, without a doubt. Okay, let's take it to the next level. The police department in the city of North Carolina quits, including the chief. They need law enforcement, so they probably will send state police in. I don't know how, the way state police leans in North Carolina. Um, I don't think the feds will be called in. Scott over in my chat room said something about the feds are coming in. They're going to do this and that. Here it goes. Um, I don't think it's going to be a federal thing. The state now will have the responsibility of the protection of the people. And hopefully the state, whether it be the governor or the attorney general, somebody will get with the city manager and say, hey, what are you doing? You can't do this. So, no, I don't think it escalates from small city North Carolina or even escalates from thousands of medical workers in New York to the federal government now comes in and starts taking guns away door to door. Do I think there's a faction of our government, both state and federal, that would like to take the Second Amendment away from us? Yes. Of course. I'm not, I'm not stupid. Josh Kerry. Like, what do you I wasn't going to say anything. You're on a roll. Give me a look. I saw so, the look. You're on a roll. So, um... Of course, there are people who are gun grabbers. Of course, there are people who would have been on the side of the Redcoats back in the Revolutionary War. But this this case specifically does not go from North Carolina to federal. The state's now, the county's going to have to do something. The sheriff's office probably comes in. The state's going to have to do something. Maybe they send some, um, some, some state police. But they've got to do something that's permanent for that city. And that's going to mean now city council and the city manager's office will have to give in. The police just showed we have the leverage. They're going to have to sit down and make amends and see eye to eye, have a meeting of the minds. That's going to have to happen. No, I don't think this jumps to that level. Do I think there are people who would like to do that? Of course. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247. We're going to talk a lot about Elvis and Colonel Parker when we come back. Do not touch that dial. This is the Joe Pag Show.
Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate this young lady coming on as well. Her name is Alana Mash, uh, Nash, I should say, and she's an author of a book about Colonel Tom Parker and his relationship with Elvis Presley. And uh, those who watch and listen to me, Alana, know that I'm a huge Elvis fan. I have been my entire life. The only only problem I have is that my hair didn't stay as nice as his, uh, so I can't do the big bouffant and all that. How are you? Nice to meet you. Good to see you. This is such fun to meet you and talk about Elvis with you. Well, yeah, with the new movie coming out, um, I immediately said I was not going to see it. And there's a reason. It's because I'm a huge Elvis fan, and I already see that there are some issues that I have with the movie. And I want to get into all that. Let me get the exact name of the, of the book, though. It's called The Colonel, The Extraordinary Story of Colonel Tom Parker and Elvis Presley. And you can go and get this on Amazon, get it just about anywhere you get your favorite books. Um, the first thing that jumped out at me when I saw the trailer for this movie is Tom Hanks is doing some freaking Dutch accent or something. And, and I've heard Colonel Tom Parker speak um, at, at the 1972 Madison Square Garden interview, the, the Houston interview. You hear t- the colonel in the back, you know, saying whether you can or can't ask more questions. And he seems like he's putting on a Southern American drawl to me. It doesn't sound like he speaks like he's from, from Holland or something. Well, do, do, do you find that accent to be truthful that we hear Tom Hanks doing? It's awful. It's so off-putting. It's so unrealistic. Actually, when you would, I knew Colonel Parker. I had three three-hour meetings with him in, between 1992 and 1994. Amazing. Sorry? I say amazing. I wish I'd have met him. Go ahead. Yes. He was fascinating. He would only tell you what he wanted to tell you. You weren't allowed to really ask questions. If, <laughs> if you ask him a question about Elvis, he would pretend he didn't hear it. And, of course, <laughs> then foolishly, you would repeat it, and he'd, he'd cut you off. But uh, his accent was kind of a mixture of Old South and what sounded actually a little bit like a speech impediment. He had trouble with R's, uh, so he would say Mr. Plesley. Uh, wow. He had trouble with J's, like you just missed him. Uh, so, you know, once you knew that he was Dutch, you, you could hear it because he would, the word book to him was book. Book. Oh, wow. He'd, he'd say, in, in, if you listen to the Ted Koppel interview with him, He'd say, well, I booked him. So there were little things that once you knew, but most people had no idea. And this accent of Tom Hanks is very off-putting and kind of unfair to the colonel. I think the movie on the whole is unfair to the colonel. Well, I didn't see the movie yet. I'm going to. You're not gonna. You're not gonna give me any spoilers because I know just about everything there is to know about Elvis. Um, I do know that they get some things wrong on purpose, like him with a some sort of a, a lightning bolt around his neck to really show this Captain Marvel connection. He never really did that. He never ran around with a lightning bolt around his neck. Um, I know that that many have said it's more of the story of the Colonel, and it's almost Priscilla's. Um, per- perspective on the story of Elvis rather than it being Elvis's story. Do you find it to be that way as well or no? Well, you know, uh, if, if you know Baz Luhrmann's over-the-top style, yeah. then you'll know that everything is kind of this uh, dreamscape, really, kind of this feverish jumping from cartoonish-like uh, uh, send-ups yes. to kind of gothic and dreamlike and almost nightmarish kind of presentation. So I don't know that it's so much Priscilla's vision um, as uh, Priscilla had a hand in, of course, in deciding some of the important things. Uh, uh, What I know from someone in the inside inside camp is that uh, she and Jerry Schilling said uh, to Baz Luhrmann, don't make make Elvis look stupid because he was not stupid. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't blame them for saying that. It's a, it's Alana Nash. Go and get her book, The Colonel, The, Extra- the Extraordinary Story of Colonel Tom Parker and Elvis Presley. Uh, if you stand back or if you're 30,000 feet up and you only hear the story 
of who this guy was. He was uh, alleged to have been a carnival barker, a, a, a guy who took 50% of Elvis's money. He was a bad guy. He was an illegal immigrant who wouldn't let Elvis go tour Europe or Asia because he couldn't get back to the United States. He was just bad news. And I get the feeling from you and from your experiences with him that that's not really who the guy was. Well, you know, he always took too much money, but he could uh, justify by saying Elvis was his only client and that he got deals for him that no one else could have gotten. And there's some truth to that. Uh, Fiduciary overreaching? Yes. But, you know, Elvis and Vernon, who was the business manager, didn't really mind. They knew what the colonel was doing. It wasn't that he kept it from them, but, but they didn't really care. I mean, he had convinced them that no one could get that kind of money for Elvis that he got. So... And Elvis's idea was that as long as I have the money to do what I want to do, I don't care how much the colonel takes. Elvis was amused by the colonel in the early days. Things went bad uh, when the movies got bad and, and uh, being on stage constantly in Las Vegas. But but uh, for the early years, they had a wonderful relationship. It is uh, Alana Nash. Go and get her book, The Colonel, The Extraordinary Story of Colonel Tom Parker and Elvis Presley. Uh, what's interesting about uh, about the colonel, is I've often thought about it, and, and again, for me, most of my life he's been a villain, but I'm guessing he was just a human being that that took what he could get, but also presented the world with this guy. Without without the colonel, whatever his real name was, and I know that it's in the movie, you probably know the real name too, but, but without the colonel, um, do we even know who Elvis Presley was, do you think? Well, it's interesting you should say that, because I was looking back today at some of my early interviews with, with people like Chet Atkins, when the colonel was was booking Grand Ole Opry stars. Right. And here's what Chet Atkins had to say. Now, that Chet Atkins was a very smart guy. You know, he ran RCA. He said, I admired the colonel. He had so much brass and know-how to promote an artist. And I think if it hadn't been for him, Elvis would have been forgotten about in a short time. Wow. But he made him unavailable to the press, and it worked. Everybody wanted to see him. Everybody had to have a piece of him. He's the best I ever saw as a manager. Isn't that something? Because, again, 50% is way too much. And eventually, later, a court said, yeah, that's way too much. You shouldn't be yeah. getting 50%. And then they settled with, with Priscilla and Lisa, and Lisa Marie after Elvis died. But uh, having said that, uh, I agree with what, with what Atkins said. But I always wondered, why didn't Elvis do more late-night television after the original late-night shows that made him a small box, a, a television star, um, you know, the, with the, the young girls, or the, the teenagers, the parents could get mad at him for shaking his hips and everything. They sort of just stopped doing all of that. Do you have any idea why? Because Ed Sullivan and Steve Allen and these guys really did give him, a, 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 a Milton Berle, they gave him this sort yes. of national presence. Why stop? That's right. Well, the colonel said, if people don't have to pay to see him, then they won't, they won't come. I mean, if they, if they see him free, they'll just wait till he's on television. Ah. The colonel had a very interesting philosophy. He wanted to make sure that he could say that shows had always sold out. That's one of the reasons he kept the ticket prices so low and affordable. And the show selling out, uh, of course, kept on selling out and kept on selling out some more. I mean, we see some of the video from just the, the mid-late 50s where there's not even a, a place to stand in open, yeah. like open-air arenas where there are just thousands and thousands of people to see this guy sing and, and dance and do what he did. Um, right. why, why do you think, and again, you said it earlier that Baz Luhrmann is a guy that, that does dramatize things and does it in a very... Uh, a very artful way, but why change even a piece of Elvis' 
a story. It's just as yeah. unique the way it stands, isn't it? I mean, wh- yeah. why would you change the song he was singing when, when, when the colonel first saw him? Why would you change the setting? Why would you change that Robert F. Kennedy died and that's why Elvis wanted to do a certain song when it hadn't even happened yet? Why do that, do you think? Well, I think he was tasked with putting a lot of different seminal events into a short period of time. Yeah. We telescope those. But yes, for historical fans of Elvis, uh, you're, you're going to be really bothered by a lot that's in this film. You know, it's interesting to me that the European fans are more bothered by that even than the American fans. It's interesting the European fans are just absolutely uh, crazy about every single nuance and, and fact. Uh, I, I would say uh, the first, I've seen it four times. Uh, I, I'll go back. <laughs> but I, I had to let go of some of that to really enjoy it as a film. It's very emotional. And I've had seven men tell me that they cried when they saw that film. You know, uh, that's success if you can reach people that deeply. Go to the website, colonelparker.net. It's uh, author Alana Nash, The Colonel, The Extraordinary Story of Colonel Tom Parker and Elvis Presley. Um, I, I didn't want to see it. I don't think Austin Butler looks enough like him. And, and the way Elvis looked was a huge part of who Elvis was. Um, and and Priscilla, uh, did not have anything good to say about it, um, until she saw it. And then she said, okay, I do support it now. Um, am I, how bothered am I going to be a guy who knows Elvis has the entire persona? Um, I know that it's not him. I know exactly what the dance steps were that he did when he did Suspicious Minds in 1970. I know exactly yeah. how he sang um, If I Can Dream in 1968. Am I yeah. going to be really bothered or will, will I forget about that as the movie goes on? This was my fear, my exact fear. I have to say this. He has those dance moves down cold. He Good. was extraordinary. But you're never going to forget that he's not Austin Butler. He doesn't look enough like him. But when he's on stage... The performance segments of this film are extraordinary and mesmerizing. But you, I'll tell you where you really... Uh, Tom Hanks is so over the top in, in every way. His top Tom Parker looks a little, little bit like LBJ. And, uh, he's That's true. Like whiplash. <laughs> That's or, actually uh, true. Yes. You, you never forget it's Tom Hanks. But there are moments when you, you almost forget it's Austin Butler. Nice. I think you'll be with the performances. Well, good. You know, it's funny because uh, Priscilla and I tweeted back and forth the other day. Um, you know, I, I posted a picture of, of she and I from that event from a few years ago, and I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the movie because you said I should see it. I'm going to see it. She wrote back, please tell me what you think afterwards and sent her best wishes. Um, so if the family supports it, I'm okay with that. Um, so I'm going to go and see it. It's going to be really hard for me to turn it off. What was impressive, uh, impressive to me was that Priscilla said, uh, like you just said, you do forget that it's Austin Butler. He does get into it so much. And the one thing that really put me over the top, Alana, and I wonder if you've seen this piece of video, uh, Baz Luhrmann released the the screen test of Austin Butler doing yeah. that That's All Right Mama. And, yeah. and he does it extraordinarily. He does it very, very well. It's really him singing. It's really him yeah. playing. And I went, okay, this guy really does. He is a, he, At least the essence of Elvis is in this guy. Did you see that video? I did, and I was impressed with it. And I went into this whole thing like you, thinking, oh, gosh, I don't think I want to see this. And, oh, boy, this is going to be hard. I, I find him not very convincing in, in some of the straight dramatic stuff, like when, when Gladys dies. Yeah. But when he's performing, Joe, you are going to be amazed. What, what I don't want, Alan, is I don't want Kurt Russell again. You, you know what I mean? I'm sure right. you've seen that movie. And I, I love Kurt Russell, but come on. 
The guy was like 5'9", and he had a dimple in his chin. And I'm like, well, who is this guy trying to pretend he's Elvis? It's Alana Nash. Go and get her book, The Colonel, The Extraordinary Story of Colonel Tom Parker and Elvis Presley. Um, did you talk to the Colonel about The Star, uh, Star is Born? Do you know why that wasn't done? Was it Elvis didn't really want to do it? Was it the Colonel uh, pricing it too high on purpose? Did the Colonel, was the Colonel afraid Elvis would, would branch out and become a movie star, a dramatic star? What was that all about? Do you know? Well, he wouldn't talk to me about that. The only time I got him to talk to me about anything about Elvis was when I asked him why he put him in such poor films and he <laughs> came from the soundtracks. And he got very angry with me. We were in the car. He and his wife had taken me on a ride in, into the Las Vegas desert, which I thought was a message. And so he got very, very angry with me when I asked about this. And he was pounding his cane in the floorboard of the car. He was in the passenger seat. And he said, I got him the most money. You know, Elvis could choose any of those scripts that I said. He could have said no, but he didn't say no. And I got him the most money in Vegas. I got him the most money for the pictures. He was just almost... He was so angry. I really kind of feared for my personal safety, to tell you the truth. I, I'll bet. I mean, he seemed like the kind of guy that was was not going to take a whole lot of guff. Uh, what's interesting about A Star is Born to me, as a fan of Elvis, I'm glad he didn't do it. And we know how the movie ends. Yeah. That's why I'm glad he didn't yeah. do it. Are you glad he didn't do it, too? Yes, unless he would have just been extraordinary. But I think that's what Colonel was afraid of. He'd never done a film in which he looked weak. Yeah. And uh, he didn't want to see Elvis look weak and defeated, particularly at that stage of his career uh, when things were winding down for him somewhat. So uh, perhaps the colonel made the right choice. Uh, I think if Elvis had really, really put his foot down and said, I want to do this, perhaps he would have been able to do it. You know, the times that Colonel did stand up to him, I mean, Elvis did stand up to the colonel. Uh, usually he got his own way, like, of course, with the uh, American recordings. Yeah, it's uh, it's Alana Nash. Go and get her book right now, The Colonel, The Extraordinary Story of Colonel Tom Parker and Elvis Presley. Alana, I think you and I can agree that we that Elvis was the biggest star on the planet much because of, well, because of his talent and his persona, his charisma, but without Tom Parker, it doesn't happen. So we can we can lay that, that praise on, on Tom Parker. Is Tom Parker the reason why Elvis died at 42, do you think? Oh, I think it's a combination of things. And I think Elvis needed to be a stronger person uh, to stand up both to Vernon Presley, who was at cahoots with the colonel, and to the colonel himself. What's interesting is the, the colonel and Vernon relationship has never really been widely explored. It, it's told that Vernon was looking out for his little boy, but as the business manager, he had to know everything that the colonel was doing. So when you say they were in cahoots, you mean that, don't you? I do mean that, yeah. Vernon always got money under the table. You know, at one point, Elvis, early in Elvis's career, he was he said, I'm not sure about this guy. Vernon, uh, 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 Gladys was very unsure about the colonel. And, and the colonel would always slip Vernon money. And so finally he said to Elvis, you know, us Presleys have always been poor. Don't screw this up. Wow. And so Vernon always got uh, money to influence Elvis from the colonel and then got cut into certain deals. I could talk to you for two hours. I'm going to ask you one last question about, about Las Vegas. Um, that was masterful to go to Las Vegas, masterful to have that movie made about him in Las Vegas and this brand new persona. After the 68 special, to put a band together like that, to put a performance together like that, that was Elvis at his height. Even better than Elvis in 1973 in Hawaii, 1970 Elvis in that white outfit, doing those songs uh, in that way, was amazing. Was it, was it true that the colonel really set that up because of his gambling habit and his gambling debt? Because Elvis was doing what? 
two, maybe four shows a day some days, doing shows like that, the way he put himself into it, was going to kill anybody eventually. Was it because of the of the gambling addiction that the colonel had? And, and doing shows seven days a week. He was the Crazy. first star to perform seven days a week in Las Vegas. That was a huge part of it. The, the colonel had always gambled. He'd always gambled recklessly, but it really got out of hand at the time that uh, he took Elvis to Vegas. It was a natural career trajectory for him, particularly after those films. But but the Colonel's gaming habits, as we might say today, was uh, played far too large a, a part in that, unfortunately. Alana Nash, I'm glad you wrote the book. I'm glad that we share this this great love for Elvis. Thank you for getting the truth out there. Um, so would you suggest that people go see it, yes or no? I think so, yes. And then talk about it a lot. Yeah, and, and let's talk about it again on my show, if you don't mind. Get her book. It's called The Colonel, The Extraordinary Story of Colonel Tom Parker and Elvis Presley. Go to colonelparker.net. It's Alana Nash. Alana, thank you so much. Joe, thank you. My pleasure. We're back after this. Stay right here. Joe Pags. Back. Glad to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on. Lots to talk about. I enjoy doing an interview like that because it gets me away from politics and to talk about something I'm, I'm passionate about. Of course, always been a big fan of Elvis Presley. We're working on hopefully getting his guitarist on, too. I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, the, these people that were in the band, carry are in their 80s now. They're in their mid-80s. Mm-hmm. But still a bit, oh, man, they have some great stories to tell, I'm sure. I, it, they do. We lost Ronnie Tut last year, who was the drummer. Um, trying to get the guitarist on James Burton. We'll see if we can make that happen. And I just was notified that we do have Megan Kelly coming up on, on the 3rd of August. So make sure you stick around for that. Uh, I can see if she'll tell a little bit. Maybe we'll be, have, there'll be an update. Maybe they found the packages. So. I don't know. Yeah, by August 3rd. I would think yeah. so. So I'm going to go see the movie. Uh, I'm not sure when. Uh, I, I don't think I'll wait for it to come out on streaming. I might. Uh, I'm not sure. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. But I, I hate that I go in knowing what I know. And uh, it's going to bother me to see things that I just know aren't right. I'm going to. If Priscilla can be okay with it, I should be, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. All right. 888 941 PAGS. 888 941 Lots more going on. Do me a favor. You want those uh, come on videos? Go to Instagram. Follow Joe Talk Show. It's also Joe Talk Show on Getter, on Facebook, on Twitter. It's Joe Pags everywhere else. Keep it here. Joe Pags. <laughs> 